This is Sports Talk with Phil Cordblue, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Sports Talk is heard across the state on radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on SportsTalkSE.com as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. And good evening, everybody. Welcome into Sports Talk here on the Sports Talk Media Network. Happy National Signing Day, December 2022 for you. Hope you've enjoyed the day following everything happening around the state and around the country as we did all morning long, all afternoon long, listening to the coaches. Now we're going to bring it all to you tonight. I know you're out and about getting in some last-minute shopping, maybe traveling already. Be safe out there. The weather's turned a bit icky. But we're glad you're with us. And remember, if you lose us over one of our terrific radio stations, you can always find us with our stream, streaming on Twitter, streaming on Facebook, streaming on YouTube, and on our website as well at sportstalksc.com. Phil Kornblut here from Dave & Buster's. In Columbia, outside of Columbia, actually, I guess you would say Irmo, Harbison, another beautiful location for Dave and Buster's, just like the ones in Myrtle Beach and Greenville. And this is a spectacular place, as you well know, full of great food and full of great sports and full of uh, great games as well. So, you know, after you've done all your shopping and spent nearly all your money, Bring your pennies over here to Dave & Buster's because that's all you need. You don't need a bunch of money. And come in and relax, get a drink, get a meal, let the kids go and burn off some more energy by playing in the arcade area. And you can kick back and relax and watch uh, what's on television tonight. Uh, Chris Bergen is with us back at his palace over in Sardis. And we have Pat Daniel in the Dave & Buster's studios in downtown Columbia. So today... As far as South Carolina and Clemson go, I think everything went to a norm. Uh, Clemson signed all of their committed players that were committed prior to today, and then they, they picked up – actually, I guess you could say they picked up two additional ones that were not publicly previously committed, though they were expected to join the Tigers. And one was running back Jamarius Haynes out of Roanoke, Alabama, and the other is a quarterback transfer, Paul Tyson – from Arizona State, the great-grandson of Bear Bryant. He began his career at Alabama. He transferred to Arizona State. He hadn't played much. He's been a career backup. 6'5", 217. He's got a great body. They say he has a good arm, but I'm sure he's an insurance policy for Dabo Sweeney and that young quarterback room that they will have this coming season after they get through with the bowl game. When you consider the number one quarterback will be Cade Klubnik, and he'll have all of one start under his belt. And the backup will probably be uh, Christian Vizina, who signed with the Tigers today out of uh, Vestavia Hills, Alabama, another highly touted quarterback that the uh, Tigers are bringing in, Christopher Vizina, 6'4", out of Birmingham. So they bring in a transfer, and also Sweeney can uh, claim that uh, he's not afraid of transfers. He's happy to go to the uh, transfer portal, John. That's two in two years. He brought in Hunter Johnson, 
for the same role that uh, Tyson's probably coming in for, and that is just to be uh, an older head and some insurance there in the quarterback room. As for South Carolina today, the Gamecocks signed uh, 20 of their committed players, and one, Vicari Swain, is uh, should be signing right about now, we expect, with South Carolina. Though he took that official visit to Colorado last weekend, he told me last night that he planned to sign with South Carolina today, and they had a 6 o'clock ceremony at his high school. And uh, that is uh, taking place right now, and we'll let you know as soon as that is firmed up. And Lenora Sellers did not do anything today. Lenora Sellers, a quarterback out of South Florence, he made his decision. Let me tell you that. He's made his decision, but he's going to wait and sign and announce on Friday morning at 1130 at his high school. And he did tell us that he's told the coaches of his decision. Now, last night, Shane Beamer put out another commitment alert for the 23 class. I don't know if that's just coincidental with getting a phone call from Lenore Sellers or just what. Might be. We'll find out on Friday morning. Syracuse has been where he's committed. South Carolina has made, a, of course, a hard play for him. And even Liberty has gotten involved as well. But otherwise, the Gamecocks assigned everybody who had been previously committed to them and did not add anybody new to the list. Now, I will say one exception to what I just said, Xavier Hardy, defensive end out of Macon, Georgia, he hopes to sign by Friday. But he is waiting on an approval from the NCAA Clearinghouse to be able to do that. And what that approval is and what they're looking at, I don't know. Usually the Clearinghouse, obviously, it has to do with eligibility. Usually it has to do with academic stuff. And he told me that if he doesn't sign by Friday, which is the last day to sign in the early period, then he'll wait and sign in February when everything could be worked out for him by then. And... Uh, that, I guess since we last talked to you last night, Elijah Davis committed to the Gamecocks, the big junior college defensive tackle, and uh, he signed, so he's, he's in as well. And um, the Gamecocks, like I said, are just waiting on those three situations to, to play out, and they're not done with this class. According to Shane Beamer, of course, they still have some offers out to some guys who are going to wait and sign in February, and there's also – the transfer tied in from Western Kentucky, Joshua Simon, out of the Sumter area, out of Crestwood, who's playing tonight in his bowl game. And, uh, and I guess, and, and Beamer didn't mention him by name, but he did mention another uh, potential tight end. This has to be who he's talking about. And the expectation is that when he finishes up with Western Kentucky, he's going to transfer to South Carolina. So totally replenishing that tight end room, which is going to be hard hit by defections after this season. And, Chris, you were keeping a watch on Coastal Carolina today. New coach uh, Tim Beck and things that he was able to put together in a short amount of time for the Coastal Carolina class. Did they, they do well? They lose anybody they expected to have? I think I saw, well, one of their players, no, one of their commitments, I think, flipped to Liberty. Did he not? Uh, that may be correct, Phil. Um, I'm not positive. I, I do know Coastal signed six players today. And you think, good grief, just hmm. six? Well, considering you've got the coaching trans uh, transition so late in the recruiting process, especially heading into December. I mean, Tim Beck got the job, what, the first weekend of December, so he hasn't had all that much time to uh, try and piece together another 
set for that class. They basically, he said they, they had a couple of players that they were going to bring in that they brought in new, but for the most part, these were guys that were already looking at Coastal. The previous staff under Jamie Chadwell had recruited pretty well, and they were happy to be able to hold on to those guys. He did mention they've got a couple in the transfer portal, but they can't talk about those guys until they actually enroll in school. So the six that they did today were just the ones that signed their national letters of intent. He didn't seem all that disappointed that it was not a bigger class. He does understand, though, that January is going to be an important month for them, obviously, with the February signing where they can hopefully fill out the uh, 2023 class. But in terms of uh, the bigger interesting aspect was he was asked, has he talked with Grayson McCall about possibly staying, at Coastal and not transferring. And he said, basically, I've tried to take a hands-off approach with regards to that because Grayson knows what we think about him, talking about Tim Beck and the staff, mm -hmm. uh, what he has meant to Coastal. They are hoping, obviously, that he, he comes back for another year with the uh, Shauna Clears. That doesn't appear likely, but you never know. Uh, the way things change moving forward and backwards, especially now in, in college athletics, he may decide, you know, I haven't found where I, where I want to go. And what Florida, if I'm not mistaken, Florida did sign a quarterback today, correct? They did. And Auburn did as well. And those were the two schools that he was sort of linked in in terms of the SEC. So, I mean, does that scare him off from going to Florida now? Does he not want to go to Auburn because they have signed quarterbacks? Maybe there aren't spots for him there. Maybe he goes somewhere else or maybe he says, you know what? I've got a good thing going at Coastal. I'm going to play in the bowl game. Let's see how things go under Tim Beck. Maybe I'll stay around one more season. That, that would be as big a recruiting coup for Tim Beck as any he would sign this year during, the, during either the early or the late signing period for sure. Yeah, no question about that. In fact, didn't Florida get a transfer? Did I not see where they picked up a transfer quarterback? I thought I did, and we'll have to double-check that, but I thought I saw where Florida uh, picked up a transfer quarterback, which I thought when that happened, I thought to myself, well, you know, that certainly – is something that Grayson McCall would look at and maybe, maybe perhaps yes, they lead got to, to him. Yes, they got Wisconsin quarterback, Phil. Exactly. Uh, Graham exactly. Burris. Yeah, yep. exactly. So, I don't know. How many transfer? I got to believe that Mertz isn't going to Florida to compete with Grayson McCall. You <laughs> know, wouldn't think so. Or vice versa. You know, so. that's the thing with quarterbacks in the portal. I mean, it's first up, first serve. You got to get to your spot before somebody else beats you there if you're interested in going somewhere. So, Keep a close watch on that. But you got to believe Tim Beck. I mean, he goes from being a questionable coach at Coastal Carolina to probably being very successful <laughs> in his first season if he's got Grayson McCall there to run his offense, wouldn't you think? I would agree. And if he's able to convince Grayson to stay, I think most Coastal fans would forget Jamie Chadwell ever stepped foot on campus because they look at that team being led by Grayson McCall, regardless of who's calling plays. And especially if he keeps Willie Corn around, who Chad Staggs mentioned, the interim head coach, they had a double press conference today between Tim Beck talking nothing but recruiting and then also Chad Staggs talking about bowl prep. And he said Willie Korn's going to be handling the offensive play calling for the most part of what he has done in conjunction with Jamie Chadwell ever since those two were uh, linked together at Coastal. So, I mean, if he could keep him as your OC, I think they've already done a pretty good job of, of looking into hiring most people on the offensive side of the coin, if I'm not mistaken, for that staff. So that may not be – be possible but nonetheless if he could keep Grayson McCall whomever they're going to have calling plays it'd be nice to have a guy like him running those plays for sure on the field but I wanted to right off the bat of the show because I know you hate to have anybody brag on what you do but no, I thought your coverage well well, well, well well before you do that okay <laughs> let me jump in because I got something that's happening right now uh Vicari Swain I just connected to his uh 
Instagram. He's got a Gamecock cap on. He's got the papers in front of him. He's smiling into the camera. So I can't hear him because we're talking, but I would, I'm, a, I'm assuming here with the Gamecock hat on his head and the papers in front of him that he is signing with South Carolina, if not having already signed. So mm-hmm. unless he takes the hat off and throws a Colorado hat on there, <laughs> I'm going to say, and I see people congratulating him, so I'm and going to say. it's not Jacksonville State, correct. Exactly, yeah. I'm going to say that he is going to sign with the Gamecocks. Now, you were saying, sir. I was going to say I was awfully impressed, and I hope our listeners and readers to Sports Talk SC were as well. I was awfully impressed with the coverage you provided today. And this was on Phil, uh, the coverage you provided of uh, recruiting. I'm not sure we've ever gone to as great a length to cover recruiting, at least on National Signing Day, as you did today. So uh, props to you, my friend. I thought you did a, a terrific job doing that. And I found a couple of other things that were interesting out of uh, Clemson's press conference today. First off, has All In gone away with the Tigers? Because I noticed every single one of their social media posts when one of their players announced they were signing with Clemson, there was a welcome home attached to it. Mm. And we've talked in the past on this program how I think uh, Shane Beamer is starting to model his program in some regards, maybe not solely, but certainly in some regards, pulling pieces away from what Dabo Sweeney has been able to do at Clemson. Is Dabo starting to go the same route now and pull some things away from the Gamecocks using what is unquestionably Shane Beamer's sort of all-in mentality, if you will, using that welcome home? Because I saw that attached to numerous players that the uh, Tigers had once they signed on social media. thought that was uh, interesting. And I also agree with with Dabo. He said that he'd love to see the early signing period move to August. And I liked his point about if you're able to sign, just sign whenever you want. Why do we need a magical day like today? So Phil has to get up at 7 o'clock in the morning and follow all this stuff. And really hates doing so. I would say <laughs> you'd have to have some, some outs in there. I mean, if you sign early and your head coach leaves or your position coach leaves, something like that, you've got to have that freedom. To, Of course, you have freedom now, but, I mean, you need to have a clause in there that says if you sign early, you've got to have the ability to, to go elsewhere if your coach leaves. And But the other thing, that Dabo Sweeney said today, and we'll hear it when we play his comments coming up, that got, you know, people kind of stirred up. He was asked again, and it's like, okay, people, will you give it up on Dabo Sweeney and uh, NIL, okay? I mean, he's asked the question, how many times per year is he asked, always at signing day, he's made his case, he's made his point, he's beat his drum, he's made it clear He's constantly told people over and over again what Clemson stands for while he's there and what they have and what they offer. But today, he said, he said along the lines of, he cited NIL, and he said their NIL is God, that Clemson is in God's image, that that is their NIL, um, their name, image, likeness, is in God, and um, and he went on from there to talk about that, which, you know, if you know Dabo Sweeney and you know the way he runs his program, that's that's not surprising. A lot mm-hmm. of people hear that kind of stuff and their hair, you know, go, gets set on fire, you know. Um, you know. Dabo Sweeney has made the Clemson football program that started under Tommy Bowden, the, the Christian culture, and a major part of what they um, offer – to families is their very strong Christian faith and culture. He doesn't hide from it. He doesn't run from it. 
and he proclaims it at every opportunity. He catches a lot of heat from people, of course, who don't believe that a football coach should be espousing that kind of stuff, especially at a public institution. But he does, and Clemson doesn't care. And it's very satisfying to a lot of recruits, to a lot of recruits who go in to see Clemson and have that kind of um, conversation with Dabo Sweeney or others on the staff. And so that was something he said today related to the question of NIL, and it obviously has set the Twitter world aflame with people uh, criticizing him in, for, you know, for whatever reason. Uh, we'll but hear if you don't from like Dabo him, Don't have your son go play at Clemson. It's a pretty easy solution. If, mm-hmm. if that bothers you that much, just don't have your son go play there. Otherwise, I don't think Dabo cares. And I admire him from the standpoint that he's confident enough in his faith that he's going to tell you publicly exactly how he feels, and he doesn't worry if that hurts recruiting for them. And clearly, Phil, it has not hurt recruiting for them at all over the last Absolutely decade. not. No, they continue to recruit at a, at a very high level. And, no, that has not been a problem for them at all. Again, I, I see it from Dabo's standpoint as a, as a positive. Mm-hmm. When a family walks in that is of a strong Christian belief and they go into Dabo Sweeney's office and there's a worn Bible sitting on the table, and they might even go into some prayer themselves. You don't think that – and I'm not at all suggesting that this is any sort of a recruiting ploy. I think this is part of daily life around the Clemson football office. Uh, I mean, listen, Clemson's football operation and Clemson's football office from where I sit and from where I see it is probably um, more religious than Notre Dame. I mean, I don't hear – Notre. Mm. I've never really heard Notre Dame coaches talk – all that much about um, religion. Never heard Lou Holtz talk about it, you know. Never heard um, any of the, su- the, the succeeding coaches really bring that up at a place like Notre Dame, which, of course, is faith-based. Mm-hmm. Probably more so than anybody else except for BYU. Um, so, anyway, that came up today, and obviously it, it caused a little bit of a ruckus there, so we had to, we had to touch on it. So we go to our break. And we'll be back in a moment. We'll talk more about the day in recruiting. We'll hear from uh, Dabo Sweeney coming up. We'll hear from Shane Beamer coming up. We'll hear from Tim Beck coming up as well. We'll go over some of the uh, the notes of the day too. Uh, try and hit as many of the other classes in the state that we can get to. Hard to do on a short night because it's an SC Wild night tonight. Major Billy Downer. He's got his Christmas list. He's been checking it twice and three times and four times. You don't want to miss it. It's his Christmas special tonight. SC Wild coming up at 730. Be right back. We're with Major Billy Downer of DNR Major. It's always a good time for folks to remember to get those licenses renewed. Doesn't matter what time of year, it's always a season in, whether it's fishing or hunting. Make sure to check your licenses, make sure they're up to date. If you need a hunting or fishing license, you may go to www.dnr.sc.gov to purchase your license online or to any local license vendor in your local area. And don't forget to join us for SC Wild from DNR with Major Billy Downer on Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke grilled and slow roasted. 
Find the best way to enjoy your beef at SCCattle.org. Beef, it's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. In Columbia, South Carolina, the game days are our specialty. Whether you're watching the game from inside the stadium or from the big screen at your favorite local spot, the energy remains the same. Craft the perfect fall Saturday in a city where there is plenty of action on and off the field. From tubing and kayaking to Soda City to rooftop restaurants and plenty barbecue. We're ready when you are. Plan your weekend at experiencecolumbiasc.com. Hey, this is Major Billy Downer with DNR, and coming up tonight at 7.30, another edition of SC Wild on the Sports Talk Radio Network. When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HDTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games. Sit from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as the Strawberry Watermelon Margarita or Dangerous Waters. Cheer on the team with Cantina Nachos or Wings featuring one of our 12 wing flavors. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. We are back. Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network. Dave and Buster's in Columbia location tonight. We've now been to all three Dave and Buster's in South Carolina. They're all pretty much the same. They're all great with great people. And we're joined by Keith Wilson, who is one of the managers here. Dave and Buster's came from Atlanta, now calls Columbia home. Yes, sir. How are things? Uh, Things are great. Appreciate you sitting down with us for a few minutes tonight. Well, I appreciate you coming by, Phil. Tell people in the Columbia area, while they're out and about, why they should make it on down to Dave & Buster's tonight or over the holiday weekend or in the next week to come enjoy themselves. Well, Dave & Buster's is a great place to have fun with the family. Um, We offer a great sports viewing experience. We have over 47 TVs, 13 satellite feeds, every game, every sport. We do UFC, no cover charge, WWE wrestling, and Showtime boxing. We also have great games, happy hours from 4.30 to 7 p.m. every weekday, and half-price games on Wednesday. You know, when I was in uh, Greenville, one of the servers who I met and had him on the show was a UFC fighter. And he also was into professional slapping. Have you heard of professional slapping? Yes, sir, I have. Well, he's a professional slapper. Uh, Would you want to be a professional slapper? No, sir. (laughs) (laughs) I've been slapped before, not on a professional basis, but I wouldn't want to do that for a living. The food, I've had the pleasure of eating. And the food, I don't know, is the food not uh, thought about as much because there's so much else, the, the bars, the televisions, the games, the food is excellent. Well, actually, we take time to put special uh, attention to our food. Um, We like to try to offer a nice cuisine. Um, Most people think of us as a game room. They don't really think about the fact that we have really great food here. Yeah. I've enjoyed it when I've had a chance to sit down, relax, and and eat something after a show. The arcade is like Myrtle Beach. It's like a Myrtle Beach arcade. It's 
It's huge. You can get lost back in there. You ever lost a kid back there in the arcade? Haven't lost minds, but a couple people have. Have they really? <laughs> you sit out a what's the the most popular game in your arcade? Um, I'd say our VR attraction is probably the most popular thing we have going on. Now what is that? Um, we have a VR coaster. You put on a VR headset and you get the head and it takes you into um, we offer uh, Top Gun experience right now. We got a Transformers experience. We have a Men in Black. Uh, and also a Star Wars. And it feels real. Yes, it feels real. Wind's blowing in your face. The car's moving around. You get, it's vibrating, and it, it's real fun. And if you happen to have been at the bar for a little while and then go do that, you're out in space somewhere probably. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no question. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you for having us here tonight. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Hey, same to you. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. All right, Keith Wilson, one of the managers here at Dave & Buster. Appreciate him stopping by. We'll hit the break. Be back with more in a moment. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Talk on NSD December, NSD-D 2022. I kind of like that. That has more of a formal, uh, professional look and sound to it. NSD December versus <laughs> early signing day. NSD December. Um, so coming up, we're going to hear from Dabo Sweeney, and then we're going to hear from uh, Shane Beamer. We're going to hear from Tim Beck, all talking about uh, recruiting in their classes, Coastal Carolina. won't take long. As you mentioned, they signed six today. Um, let's give you the Clemson class as it stands now. And the Tigers are done unless another transfer falls into their lap. I would imagine that if the right offensive lineman fell their way that they liked and they could get, mm-hmm. they would take him. Otherwise, they are pretty much done. And I'm always amazed with Clemson because – Signing starts at 7 o'clock, and they are done by 9. Everybody is in by 9 o'clock. Nice, neat, and clean. And then Sweeney, they do their online production. They do a fabulous job. They do an online production from their football facility, interviewing every coach, talking about every player, kind of having a party atmosphere, and then he does a 2 o'clock press conference with the media. So, the Clemson class for 23, generally regarded as a top 10 class. Cornerbacks Avion Terrell, Brandon Strozier, and Shelton Lewis. Lewis was the first one in, by the way. Defensive ends David Ojibi, A.J. Hoffler, and Tamarian Parker. Defensive tackles Victor Burley, Stephion Green, Peter Woods. Linebackers Jamal Anderson, D. Creighton. Offensive tackles Ian Reed, Harris Sewell, Zechariah Flapjack Owens. Quarterbacks, Christopher Vizina, Paul Tyson. Running backs, Jarvis Green, Jamarius Haynes. Safeties, Kylan Webb and Rob Billings and Khalil Barnes. Tight ends, Olsen Henry and Marcus Dixon. And wide receivers, Noble Johnson, Ronan Hannafin, Myson Kelly, who could play corner, and Tyler Brown. So that's the Clemson class. I would say when you look at it, Chris, in terms of 
the offers and the intensity of recruiting for each individual by position. I would say their running back positions are the least recruited positions. By that I mean the two players, Green and Haynes, were probably from a – not probably, I think it's without question in this class at Clemson, the two who were the least recruited by major powers. Uh, Haynes really had no other major offer, Washington State, but it really was Clemson. And same thing with Green. Until Clemson offered, he didn't have a major offer, and then Virginia Tech offered so they, you know, they see something in these two players, two players they think they can develop into big-time ACC running backs that obviously other recruiters looked at and, and passed on. So, and I bring this up, too, and I'm not knocking the kids. I believe in giving every kid a chance to go improve himself. But, again, a bit of a far cry. We've had this discussion before. A bit of a far cry from the type of running back that Clemson is used to recruiting over the years. So I don't know if they're having a problem attracting the more highly recruited player. I know they missed on some guys. There's no question about it. They missed on some guys. But then again, uh, C.J. Spiller evaluated these two players, liked them well enough to offer. And, of course, they like them, and they're going to try and develop them into major players for them. And, Phil, they've got the luxury of having a guy that everybody wanted returning next season, Will Shipley, and they've also got Phil Moffa in that backfield. Both those guys are sophomores. So you bring in two incoming freshmen into your your running back room, they can sit back. They don't have to play this upcoming season, barring any injuries. Who's going to play in front of Will Shipley? Will Shipley could start at virtually every other program in the country. So I, I don't think Clemson, probably the reason maybe that was under-recruited is the fact they didn't have to go out and, and land a so you know quote-unquote big-time name Mm-hmm. at the running back position because they've already got that guy in their room. That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, now, when they lose Shipley and they lose Moffa uh, no after doubt. next season, they've got to go and recruit over these two guys uh, sure. unless they show them in their development that they're going to be able to carry the mail for them in 24 and moving forward. With that said, let's listen to some of Dabo Sweeney from today, his press conference at 2 o'clock this afternoon up at Clemson recapping uh, the day. And by the way, we'll get to Shane Beamer in just a moment. A few things he had to say about his team going through drills right now. Devonnie Reed is not going to play in the bowl game after announcing that he's moving on to the draft. He had no option. He didn't have another year of eligibility, so we, we, you know, we knew he had to move on to something else. But I think what he was doing yesterday with that announcement was saying, I'm not going to play in the bowl game either without saying it. So... Beamer said it for him today. He's not going to Jacksonville to play in the bowl game. As Beamer put it, he didn't want to – Devonnie didn't want to travel to Jacksonville is how he put it. I, I, I kind of took it as maybe not being real happy with him um, the way he said it. That's just my interpretation. Uh, he also said that um, – that, um, um, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking um, – Oh, what's his name? The receiver, Jalen Brooks. Jalen Brooks uh, has got some things going on off the field, personal matters he's dealing with. He has been practicing. Uh, He could not say if he's going to play. He's going to travel with him to Jacksonville, but he's not 100% sure he's going to play in the game for whatever reason. Um, Juice Wells is okay off that little traffic accident he had. He's been practicing. He's fine. He's he's good to go. And um, he was asked if there was any – 
possibility of Marshawn Lloyd returning. And he said that uh, he hadn't talked to Lloyd in two weeks. So maybe that's an indication. Wow. But he did not address the, the question directly. He said, I only, I only want to talk about the players who are here, not those who aren't here. So he did not address it directly. Uh, right tackle right now, Case uh, and Henry's out there, and Tyshawn Wanamaker are two guys he mentioned playing at the right tackle spot now that uh, Dylan Wanam is gone. And let's see if there's anything else. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. If I see anything else or remember anything else, which is unlikely, I'll mention it. In the meantime, now, Dabo Sweeney from his presser earlier this afternoon. I'm really, really proud of our staff. Our staff did a wonderful job, you know, especially with, with a lot of cha- transition and change uh, last year. For our staff to be able to go out and put together one of the best classes in the country and to hit, every, hit it out of the park uh, with what we needed to do uh, that with that. And then not only, not only the guys, that's several guys that we thought would be leaving Clemson that are going to stay at Clemson. Uh, so, you know, that, that's, a, that's, that's also a sign. You know, when you see guys that uh, could go ahead and go to the pros uh, and all this stuff that's going on in college football to, to choose to want to stay, I think that just shows um, how they feel about Clemson, how they feel about their coaches. And, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, again, uh, who we are as a program. So this is a great day. Um, for us, for sure, and, and again, what it's all about. So, I'm just, I'm really proud of the staff again, and and all. And man, when I say the staff, it's the coaches, it's our support staff. It's man, it's Jordan, it's Ty, it's Zach, it's Josh, it's Chanel, it's James. I mean, everybody just does an unbelievable job. All of our student helpers, workers, uh, you know, everybody just it's a it's an all hands on deck approach here, and uh, everybody takes a lot of pride in what they do. So. As far as the breakdown of the class, 27 signees, uh, you know, 26 uh, out of high school and, and one uh, transfer. Uh, and then we got we signed a, a PWO in uh, 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 Streco that's going to come in here as well uh, as a mid-year. So we got 16 of those guys, 16 mid-years. Uh, so really excited about that. That's I think that's the most we've had, I think, ever. I think one year we might have had we had 13 or 15, uh, but I think that's the most mid-years we've had. Really excited about having these guys on campus. So really just a good group. And again, these guys have been committed for, you know, forever, uh, a long time now. And, and, uh, and it's a really close class. That's one of the things I love about this group too. And one of the positives about the way community people today is that they're just a very connected group, you know, and then with 16 of these guys coming in as, as starting in January, uh, some of them already here. Uh, you know, it's just it's fun. And as I've gone around, you see the connection in this group already. So it's a it's a close group already. And, and again, a group that I think will will do great things. Uh, we had seven states in uh, D.C. Uh, represented in this group, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, Alabama, Texas, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts and uh, D.C. So, uh, again, just. Got kids coming from all over to be a part of what we're doing here at Clemson. And Noble Johnson uh, from out in Texas, uh, he is uh, uh, really, really, really athletic and gifted, can do a lot of things. He, he will remind you a little bit of Bo, uh, you know, and he's just a dynamic guy. He's explosive. Uh, he's got great ball skills. He, he, he came – one of the things I love about Noble is he came to camp 
you know, because I, I told him I wasn't going to offer him unless I got a chance to see him in person at, at camp. And he had all kind of offers. Uh, and he came here and competed and he dominated. Uh, I mean, just absolutely put on a show in our camp and, and uh, really made it easy. And then just an amazing uh, family, a great addition. Uh, so super excited about him. He knew what he wanted to do. You know, kind of like Kate Klubnick. He kind of grew up following Clemson, you know. And, uh, you know, it's a reminder to me, you know, there's all these kids today. I mean, the last, you know, 10, 12 years they've been watching Clemson. And, uh, you know, we, we just as a reminder of how strong our brand is, uh, regardless of where we go. Uh, but Noble's a perfect example of that. And then uh, Tyler Brown, uh, Tyler is, you know, right down the road here. Uh, incredibly polished, uh, a guy, he's, a, he's an example and a reminder of why we don't offer freshmen and sophomores around here, uh, you know, and, and that it's a developmental game. This kid has gotten better and better and better and better. Uh, and, man, he put on a show uh, this year, a very, very polished player. He's very similar to Antonio in some ways. Uh, he's very polished. He can really run. Uh, he's a great kid. and his He's dreamed about coming to Clemson, and I love that. Uh, and he made his dream come true. You know, he made he made it happen. Uh, so I'm excited about him. And then Tink, you know, right here, uh, there's really not anything Myson can't do. I mean, he can. I've watched this kid uh, a lot, like DeAndre Hopkins. I watched him come through, and, and he was just great at everything. And you know, DeAndre wasn't really highly recruited. Uh, you know, he played everything, he did all this stuff, and then he just came to college and he got locked in. And I see Tink in that same regard. I mean, he's just, it doesn't matter where you put him, running back, safety, corner, to the field, in the boundary, in the slot, he's the best player. And he has been a punt returner, kick returner, you name it. Uh, he is he is truly one of the best, I think, just pure players uh in this class. And, you know, I think he can do a lot of things. So I just, I'm really excited about that group um, and what they bring to the table to go along with, with, with uh, Adam and Bo and, and uh, Antonio, um, uh, Cole Turner and Speck and all those guys that will be back here. Uh, Stilato, we got a really good group and I think this is a good addition with it. And then defensively, uh, we signed those six D linemen. So we have signed three DNs, uh, David Ojebwe, um, from up there, same school as Trey at St. John's in D.C., uh, A.J. down in Georgia, Hoffler, uh, another just, you know, great young prospect, T.J. Parker from Central there in Phoenix City, uh, Alabama. These are these are three guys that all three bring different things to the table. All three, three have, have great size, strength, athleticism, um, and uh, dynamic. You know, so just great kids, great families, great fits for us. Uh, then you look at uh, the D tackles. You know, Peter Woods could really probably play anywhere. Uh, there's really – he could play linebacker, DN, three technique, four eye, nose, shade, uh, running back. I mean, there's really anything he wants to do. that He, he I think, is as is, is good a football player as there is in this country. And, uh, and he's been committed a long time. Uh, special. Number one player down there in state Alabama and a special family and just a blessing uh, to be able to have uh, him come join us coming from my rival high school. Uh, you know, I grew up, uh, you know, you didn't, you didn't like, you know, the Thompson Warriors. So uh, I promise you that's the first home visit from a Pelham Panther to at a Thompson Warrior. Uh, 
So it's kind of great to team up with, with him. That's going to be a lot of fun these next few years. And uh, with that, I'll take questions. Having to navigate the NIL situation, how have you seen that become a part of recruiting and handled sort of navigating those waters? You know, it really hasn't been much of an issue for us. Uh, it's been it's been a positive for us. You know, our focus has always been inside out here. We've not used it in recruiting. Uh, you know, we, we focus on our roster. I, I think I think for us, it's always been about, you know, no different than pre-NIL. I've always said you do a great job with your players. And you have a great program. You have good culture. You do equipping them and really fulfilling the purpose of the program, the recruiting will take care of itself. That pre-NIL, that, that's always been the focus. Now that we have NIL, it's still the focus as far as, you know, okay, making sure that our roster, the guys here, they have all the resources that they need. If they want to participate, some guys don't even participate. They don't want to. But for those guys who really want to maximize the NIL, that we have the resources available to them, that we protect them, train them, educate them. I mean, we, we just built a, a unbelievable facility. I don't know if y'all have had a chance to tour that. A, a, a great facility. Uh, we hired an unbelievable world-class uh, NIL coordinator uh, who has incredible knowledge. So it's become just another part of the process. So uh, those conversations that you're talking about, you have to have answers for those conversations. But as far as using the NIL as a reason to come here, that's not we have that nothing has changed. It's still a holistic uh, approach for us. Uh, man, we've got some amazing people out there. Uh, you know, uh, Daryl Clemps and Tiger Impact and, and just great, um, you know, programs that are available to our players here. And again, uh, that's why you see guys staying here. You know, you, you guys are maximizing their opportunities and, uh, and you know, you know, they can do whatever they want to do. Um, it's just really up to them, but the focus has always been inside out. And to be honest with you, uh, as I've said many times, we, when NIL came, there was nobody more equipped than us as a program, you know, with what we've been doing for 14 years now, what we've learned from a financial literacy standpoint and the tax education, you name it, agents, uh, everything, you know, we, we've always had that approach. So uh, conversations have changed. There's been more to talk about, just like when applied science and nutrition and strength conditioning and all these things, as, as things have grown, this is just another area that's important. So you got to make sure that you uh, address it. And then, you know, honestly, I, I, you know, I was thinking about it this summer. Um, you know, I, I, I was, I was, uh, Thinking through it, and I honestly, I mean, me, we, we built this program on NIL. We really did. And and I, it's probably different than what you're thinking, though. We, we built this program uh, in God's name, image, and likeness. And that's how I look at it. So as things have changed, God has, God has always been, uh, you know, the foundation of, of what I do. And uh, so we've been dealing with, uh, his name, image, and likeness for a long time. And I think as this new era has come forward, uh, you know, God just continues to bless us here. All right, Dabo Sweeney, 
uh, some of his comments, all of it, up on our website, sportstalksc.com. And we don't know the players he was referring to. I would imagine Xavier Thomas might be one. He mentioned that there are some players, some veteran players who could leave, who plan to come back. Is it possible K.J. Henry would come back for another year? He's got another year of eligibility. Thomas has another year of eligibility. Um, Clemson has a good track record of guys coming back and wanting to continue to play there if they have eligibility. So we'll see what happens. But those are the words of Dabo Swinney. We go to the break, and we'll come back with more as we come to you from Dave & Buster's in person. And, of course, Pat, he's at the Dave & Buster's studios in Columbia. I mean, our studios are great, but they're not as much fun as actually being at Dave & Buster's. But they only invited one, and, you know, they always invite the corn. So I had to accept the invitation and be here. Always miss the invite from corn. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a Christmas card for you, too, that I can either uh, mail to you or fax to you. All right, we'll be back in a moment. Don't go away. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at sccattle.org. Beef. It's What's for Dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HDTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games. Sit from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as the Strawberry Watermelon Margarita or Dangerous Waters. Cheer on the team with Cantina Nachos or Wings featuring one of our 12 wing flavors. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's, where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. Hi, this is Major Billy Downer with DNR, and coming up tonight at 7.30, another edition of SC Wild on the Sports Talk Radio Network. Think big. Life-changing. I'm talking education. Inventive. Next-level education. Wake up. For 20 years, education has received billions in funding. Where, you ask? (laughs) Right here, across our state, in your own backyard. Who has done this? Well, if you've ever played the lottery, that would be you. Thank you. The South Carolina Education Lottery. When you play, we all win. Show your team pride wherever you go with Founders Federal Credit Union's Collegiate Debit Cards. Get your University of South Carolina and Clemson University debit cards at any Founders office or by calling 1-800-845-1614. Plus, our debit cards are digital wallet ready, so you can pay however you please. Not a member? Visit RelaxJoinFounders.com or one of our 37 convenient locations to see if you qualify for membership. Terms and conditions apply. Founders Federal Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA. Yeah, I really do have uh, 
two Christmas cards for you guys, not from me, uh, from um, I won't say who they're from, from a, a friend, but they all came to me. So I can either, well, Pat, I can give you yours tomorrow. Uh, Chris, I'll just have to read it to you so that uh, I can't get <laughs> it to you. That'll be fine. Can't get it to you quickly enough, you know, before Christmas. So, but, Pat, I'll give you yours tomorrow so you can, uh, you can look forward to that. That's all you're getting from me. Somebody else's holiday card. That's I was going to say, can you read me. it over the air? Or are we uh, pushing the limits of the FCC boundaries here? Yeah, I don't think we want to go there with that. Uh, we should mention before the top of the hour, the passing of Franco Harris hit me this morning like a ton of bricks. It was about 7.15. I'm starting to get into a recruiting role. And all of a sudden, it breaks. I saw it in the New York Post. It popped up on my screen. Then I saw it elsewhere. I couldn't believe it. I just could not believe it. I happen to have a friend, a good college friend, who lives in Pittsburgh his entire life. He was in the sporting goods business. He happened to be kind of an associate of Franco Harris. Saw him like a week ago at a restaurant in Pittsburgh. Sent me a picture of the two of them. He said Franco was on television in Pittsburgh last night doing an interview. So this... I mean, I haven't read anything about a cause or anything. He was 72 years old. Um, that's just shocking, guys. That's just absolutely shocking. We're talking about an icon here. Yeah, no question. Phil, I wasn't quite old enough to remember those Steelers teams of the early and mid-'70s, but I've obviously learned over time just how good they were. Is there still a more iconic play in all of NFL football than the Immaculate Reception? No, and the, of course – it's two days away from the 50th anniversary of that play. Love that. And they were going to retire his jersey. He was going to become only the third Steeler to have a number retired. Uh, I, is it this weekend or next weekend coming up there in Pittsburgh? Just incredible, incredible loss. All right, top of the hour. We'll be back. Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. Okay, welcome back. We're at Dave & Buster's here in Harbison. Good to have you with us at 730 It'll be Santa Major Billy Downer coming your way with all your gift ideas for that outdoorsy person in your life. Always a big hit every December when he comes along to share ideas. If you haven't, you know, finished your shopping and you need something for somebody who likes to hunt or fish or do things in the outdoors, stay tuned. He'll have some great ideas coming up a little bit after 7.30. Shane Beamer comments coming up in a few minutes. Tim Beck as well. Got a lot to cover here, and so let me get right to it. What I want to do is go over these other classes and then some notes and then the Gamecocks class and then into Shane Beamer. So not everybody around the state signed players today. Here are the signees for Coastal Carolina, only six, as Chris mentioned, and every one of them is on the defensive side. I guess they feel like they don't need any offensive players there at Coastal Carolina. <laughs> Maybe Grayson is coming back. <laughs> yeah. Defensive lineman Dairo Melendez Jr. and Matt. Matt. <laughs> yeah, be careful. Shitano, yeah. I believe. 
but yes. I'm not positive. Shit. I don't have a pronunciation guy for this, but yeah, Shitano. Let's go with that. Shitano. <laughs> I was Shitano. biting my tongue as I was looking at that. <laughs> I knew you were. Defensive back Derek Maxey III from Atlanta. Uh, by the way, Shitano's from Pennsylvania, and Melendez is from Miami. Uh, defensive back Lawrence Sullivan Jr. from Mississippi. Linebacker Spencer Kishbaugh from Pennsylvania, and linebacker Wyatt Gideon from Ohio. So, obviously, whatever recruiting was done by Jamie Chadwell and company probably went up in smoke, mm-hmm. and they're having to and, start over. And Phil Kishbaugh is an interesting story. Tim Beck actually singled him out today and said it may be the first recruit he's had in 30-plus years of coaching that also boxes Ooh. as well as a football player. He's real high on, pl- on players that are, participate in multiple sports. But, yeah, Kishbaugh is evidently, a, a rel- I, I'm assuming, relatively accomplished amateur boxer. Furman signed 15. Bandit David, it's either Alibi or Alibi, from Pickerington, Ohio. Offensive lineman Brody Ballou from Calhoun, Georgia. Defensive back A.K. Burrell from Baton Rouge. Defensive end Caldwell Bussey from Hoover, Alabama. Tight end Brock Chappelle from Holly Springs, North Carolina. Ryan Earl, linebacker from Peachtree City, Georgia. Quarterback Newell Garcia, La Marita, California. Coming to Furman. Offensive lineman Hayden Garner, Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. Linebacker Raleigh Herbert from Cumming, Georgia. Receiver Colton Hinton from Ashburn, Virginia. Receiver John Holbrook, Bradenton, Florida. Defensive back Braden Holmes, Alpharetta, Georgia. Offensive lineman Chris Luna. From Wesley Chapel, Florida. Tight end Brennan Torme, Montgomery, Alabama. And defensive lineman Marquis Vincent from Richmond. I think I saw an offensive lineman from Furman is transferring to Coastal. Did you see that? Did not. Do a quick search search on that. that. Yeah, and I'll continue. Uh, Wofford signed some players. They signed eight. Defensive lineman Tyler Boyce of Shelby, North Carolina. Defensive back Adonis Garcia, Woodstock, Georgia. Offensive lineman Santana Haynes Goodman of Durham. Defensive back Jacoby Hatter, Columbus, Georgia. Offensive lineman Ben Holmes of AC Flora. He's a big one, 6'7", 286. Defensive back Javion Scoot Luster, Columbus, Georgia. Quarterback Paulie Seeley from Alma, Michigan. And defensive back Will White, 6'1", 183 from Dorman. And uh, Presbyterian, let's see, did they sign some folks? Let's see, did I have some folks from Presbyterian? I've got the Presbyterian page open here. I'm thinking they might have, yeah, yeah, they did sign a few. So Presbyterian signed the following for the Blue Hose. Offensive lineman Malachi Bingham out of Houston. I got to scroll through here to get to him. Uh, Jason Brionis, an offensive lineman. And he is, um, hang on a second here. Well, trying to see if they had a list. Instead, they've got it, they've got it graphically done. And it's if memory serves, PC, PC and one other school in our state does that, they'll put like a single page for each player that they signed, and it's difficult yeah, live I mean, radio to run it off at any Well, yeah, I'm having speed. to scroll down here. I just wish they'd give me a list, okay? It, it would help you out. It would help us out. We could mention it a lot easier. But anyway, let's start over again. 
So Presbyterian, Will Averbuck, offensive lineman from Santa Rosa, California, coming all the way to Clinton. He's 6'5", 280. Malachi Bingham. Okay, I got it figured out now. Malachi Bingham coming from Minnesota State Community and Technical College. Wow. They went all over the place looking for players. Okay, then it's Jason Briones. And uh, I don't know where he came from. It doesn't tell me. So we'll move on. J.T. Hill comes from Highland Community College. He's a native of Snellville, Georgia. Okay. And then you've got got, uh, Joe Lentine. And he comes from, um, I think, the Tampa area, from down in Florida. Not Cape Coral, Cape Coral, Florida. A running back coming from Barry College, D'Lo Parson. Okay, 5'7", 167, out of Fayetteville, Georgia. Robert Porter transfers from from, from, – he transfers from – Shabbat, Shabbat College, C-H-A-B-O-T, Shabbat College, Shabbat College. Uh, he's from California, 6'2", 285, defensive lineman. Uh, let's see, Jalen Stoker from Cincinnati. I think he's a linebacker. This is really painful. <laughs> Six feet, 220. Uh, Brody Thompson, offensive lineman. Um, okay. Uh, he is from um, Salt Rock, West Virginia, 6'4", 315. Uh, Max, with two X's, Max Todden from Gavilan College. Uh, he is 6'2", 290. He's from California. What in the world are people from California doing <laughs> coming to Clinton for no scholarship? I was going to say I'd have to pay their own way. <laughs> Holy cow. I tell you, a coach doing a great job, Coach Inglehart doing a great job convincing them to come this way. Uh, Charleston Southern. They've kind of done the same thing here with the names. All right. Athlete Gregory Bryant II from Strom Thurmond. Oh, he is a uh, athlete. I said that. Defensive back, Dariel D.C. Cannon from Pinecrest, Florida. Uh, defensive lineman, Uriah Howard from Prince Avenue, Christian in Bogart, Georgia. Def- uh, offensive lineman Kendarius Kennard from AC Flora. And wide receiver Isaiah Mobley from Monroe, North Carolina. These are Charleston Southern. Linebacker Chandler Perry from Dutch Fork. Offensive lineman Andrew Threet from Chesterfield. Linebacker Stefan. Linebacker Stefan. Zayachowski, and he is from Indian Trail, North Carolina. Stefan Zayachowski. All right, that's um, Charleston Southern. That's all the other schools announcing signings so far today. A few other quick odds and ends notes. Oceanside Collegiate running back Von Blue signed with Liberty. Greenwood linebacker Josiah Jeffrey with Syracuse. Former Clemson linebacker Sergio Allen is transferring to Cal. We're told this afternoon, 2014, offensive tackle Cam Pringle of Woodland will make his commitment around the third week of January, the neighborhood of the 20th to the 24th. Gamecocks Clemson, two of the primary contenders for him. 
one-time USC target running back Robert Henry of Jones College, Mississippi, signed with UTSA Roadrunners. USC target wide receiver Edwin Joseph signed with Florida State. Camden defensive end Shamik Jones, who had been committed to Appalachian State, signed with Georgia Tech. Former USC commitment offensive tackle Isaiah Jada signed with Colorado. We told you about defensive end Xavier Hardy, USC commitment, not signing. Hopes to do so by the end of the week. Waiting on word from the NCAA clearinghouse. Not sure where he stands with them. And if it's not for now, he will have to wait until February to sign if he can't do it now. Woodland athlete Sudarian Harrison signed with Virginia. South Florence quarterback Lenore Sellers made up his mind. Going to wait until Friday, sign and announce at the same time. Of course, you know he's been a Syracuse commitment, but the Gamecocks have moved in with him very strongly in the last several weeks. One-time USC target, offensive tackle Keyshawn Blackstock of Coffeyville Junior College, signed with Michigan State. In the 24-7 sports composite ranking, I say this while I'm throwing up in my mouth, (laughs) Clemson is number 11 and the Gamecocks are number 16. Alabama is one, Georgia two, Texas three, Miami ATM is four, and Ohio State is number five in their composite (laughs) ranking. Okay, let's hit the break. We'll come back. We'll talk about the Gamecock class, uh, get you some Shane Beamer, and um, hopefully we'll have time to get a little Tim Beck in there as well. We can't get to Coach Beck tonight. We'll get to him tomorrow night, try and get him in tonight. Of course, he only signed six guys, so what can he what can he say? Uh, we'll get to that either tonight or tomorrow night. And also, some of the um, some of the uh, words from the interim head coach, Chad Staggs, who's handling the team as they get ready to go to Birmingham. We'll have that for you tomorrow night as well. Back in a moment. If an insurance company is there to sell you insurance, shouldn't it also be there to service it with real people? At Farm Bureau Insurance, we're here to help with experienced agents ready to provide personal service when you need it most. Call today for your free no-obligation review for auto, home, and life insurance that's custom-tailored just for you. Whether it's home, auto, or life insurance, Buddy Bridges and Farm Bureau Insurance have the right policy for you. Call Buddy today in Lawrence County at 864-923-2174. South Carolina Farm Bureau Mutual Insurance Company, Southern Farm Bureau Casualty Insurance Company, Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company, Jackson, Mississippi. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, healthcare, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. Hi, I'm Jim Corbett. I've been an attorney for more than 30 years. There's one thing I've learned about injury cases. It's you need the personal touch. You need the lawyer to get to know you and describe your damages. You don't want a case manager talking to an insurance company and then talking to you and then talking to maybe to a lawyer with limited experience at the last minute to try to settle a case. I talk to you. I find out what your case is about. Jim at JimCorbettAttorney.com. Jim at JimCorbettAttorney.com for your injury cases. Hi, this is Major Billy Downer with DNR, and coming up tonight at 7.30, another edition of SC Wild on the Sports Talk Radio Network. Life, it has its ups and downs. 
Sometimes it's little things like hitting every red light or dropping your cell phone. Maybe it's the bills, rent, or pressure at work. But when it comes to the South Carolina Education Lottery, you should never feel like playing will solve everything. The lottery is a game. It's played for fun. So set a dollar amount. Expect not to win and make sure responsibilities, family, friends, and work come first. Visit PlayResponsiblySC.com. Also seeing here where a receiver from Gaffney, Edward Jeffries, uh, committed to Maryland, and I'm assuming it says committed to. I imagine he went ahead and signed. I'm not. I'm, I'm assuming that scholarship, not walk-on, not PWO. So Edward Jeffries from Gaffney, looks like he's headed to the Maryland Terps. South Carolina's signing class now is like this. Cornerback, Judge Collier, defensive ends. Xavier Hardy, still to be signed. Desmond Umiazulu, Montague Reigns. Defensive tackles, Xavier McLeod, Elijah Davis. Linebacker, Grayson Howard. Running backs, Dontavius Braswell, Mario Anderson, Jr. Center, Nick Gargiulo. Offensive tackles, Trovon Baugh, Jatavius Shivers, Marquis Anderson, Oluwatosin Babalati, Safeties, Zabari Sandy, Jalon Kilgore, Cameron Upshaw, Bakari Swain. Tight ends, Connor Cox, Cameron Sandlin, Nick Elksness, Trey Knox, Reed McKeska. Receivers, Kelton Henderson, C.J. Adams, and Tyshawn Russell. And today, Coach Shane Beamer met with the media to talk about the class, a little bit about his team as well. All of it's on our website. Here is some of what he had to say. Today has been a pretty uh, amazing day, to say the least. Pretty good for a program that some said had lost uh, a lot of momentum after the Clemson game. So rumors of our demise were greatly exaggerated, to say the least. Uh, obviously, there's ebbs and flows throughout recruiting, and the biggest thing is to just uh, uh, stay the course, and and we certainly did throughout this process. Uh, to me, this day with a lot of these guys has been, you know, two years in the making. I, I knew when I got hired in December of 2020. I mean, we worked really, really hard on the class of 21, or excuse me, the the, the class of 2022, and uh, but we were certainly behind. Uh, the eight ball in a lot of ways when I got hired because we hadn't spent as much time and those those prospects that are freshmen in colleges now really didn't know us. Uh, so we put a lot of effort into last year's signing class, but these guys that signed today, you know, guys like Montague Rames and guys like Marquis Anderson and guys like Xavier McLeod, guys from here in the state of in the state of South Carolina, uh, those are guys that from day one, I mean, we started recruiting heavily when I first got here. And uh, it's great to, to see that come to fruition today. It's some great young men that we signed, but they come from great families. And it's a great group of people 
that we just added to our football program. I was in so many of these people, so many of these players' homes over the last uh, few weeks and, and told them all that, that this class we're signing, I'm really excited about their potential and ability as players, but I'm even more excited about the kind of people they are, the families they come from, some great families uh, in this group, uh, without a doubt, uh, from that standpoint. You know, there's it's a great group. It's nine states, you know, represented – uh, we signed seven, I believe, from the state of South Carolina. It, we always want to start here in this state. If you look at the rankings of the top players in South Carolina, we signed three of the top four in the state of South Carolina, three of the top four players uh, in the state of South Carolina, which is huge. I say it all the time. That's how we got this program to a high, high level where we were playing for the SEC championship. It was doing it by keeping the best players in South Carolina at home. And, uh, you know, we did that for the most part this year as well. Uh, six young men that are national All-Americans that are playing in national All-Star games. Uh, Twelve of these guys are, are multi-sport athletes um, they're good students you know we have eight guys at well over a 3-0 GPA we've got a uh, graduate of Yale you know in this recruiting class as well so certainly bringing in great students also which I'm uh, which I'm excited about and, and certainly we're not done I mean there's a lot of work still to do with uh, the class that we're putting together right now there's some young men that haven't made decisions yet uh, that we're still recruiting, and and that's in the high school ranks. That's in the transfer uh, portal as well. And then there's also guys, I'm sure, that don't sign today that are waiting to make decisions in February that we – a lot of people know one in particular who I'm referring to, and then there's some other ones out there as well. So we're not done, but this is a fantastic start uh, to this year's uh, recruiting class. And, 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 you know, there's so many people that have put a lot of work into this. It's such a team effort from, you know, the people in this building, uh, specifically the ones that head up recruiting for us, Taylor, Taylor Edwards, Drew Hickson, Jessica Jackson, Jasmine Moses, great article on them yesterday, by the way, Emily. But those people put so much work uh, into it as well. So thanks to them and then thanks to everybody in our football facility when we host recruits and when we have a recruiting weekend even if it's some, just somebody coming for a few hours or it's somebody that's coming on an official visit to spend 48 hours it is all hands on deck with every single person in this building so joe's sitting in here so joe and video and and every department in this program is involved when a high school prospect and their family comes on campus and it's a, it's a lot of time as well so we're certainly grateful for them and then the people outside this building as well uh, justin light and the staff over in the Doty athletics or academic center for what they do uh, with our guys from an academic standpoint on visits when a high school prospect comes and they want to we want them to talk academics because we've got amazing academics here they spend time with everyone in the in the uh, in the Doty academic center and those guys to on and on and on, golf carts that we use for tours of campus and hotels that we use for official visits and restaurants and, and on and on and on. So I could be up here all day thanking people, but there's a lot of people that put in a lot of time and effort into this, and we're appreciative of them. Like I said, we are not done uh, yet, but uh, we're off to a great start uh, without a doubt, and, and we got better as a program <clears throat> for sure with these young men and their families today on and off the field. So with that, any questions from a recruiting standpoint, football standpoint, I guess I won't talk to you guys till Jacksonville. So fire away with what you got. 
Shane, I don't know if you know right away, but right now, ballpark figure, do you know how many of these guys will enroll early or uh, be here for spring, that kind of thing? Got it right here in front of me, David. We have um, uh, of the ones that we can talk about right now, there's 14 that'll be here for spring practice. And uh, excuse me, 15 that'll be here for spring practice. And then with some other guys that still have some decisions to make uh, in different situations, could have more. But that's going to be huge because we do lose so many uh, off this year's team. Uh, just from a spring practice standpoint, to be able to get a lot of these guys in here, uh, you know, a couple uh, offensive linemen, some defensive backs, tight ends, which will be huge. If we, if we didn't have any tight ends coming, we wouldn't be able to. <laughs> practice during the spring from a depth standpoint so thank god we got some tight ends that'll be here for spring practice uh, and i'm sure we can ask questions about them specifically later but uh grayson howard the high school yeah. high school level guys seem to be like your kind of quarterback quarter like for lack of a better yes. way to describe his personality yes uh can you speak to that a little bit yeah pup grayson pup howard is Unbelievable. Uh, when I told you guys last week about a text message that I got from a recruit saying we want people in this program that will die for this university, that was Pup um, as well. And he is, he is, um, he's unbelievable. And just the, the, his personality, his obviously his ability as a player speaks for itself. But when you get to know him, like you guys are going to love him uh, as you get to know him also. I mean, he's just got a great personality. He's uh so uh, positive all the time, competitive, mature, uh, business-like. I mean, we were in his house a couple Sundays ago and just so impressed with him the more and more I'm around him. And he did a great job of recruiting these other guys. And he was certainly a guy that – we had a lot of guys that, that, that got this class going, Hale, but just the momentum that he created because he is such a national recruit. He turned down so many great programs to come here. Uh, was a huge pickup for us, and he's going to make our program uh, better from day one. In fact, he's already here right now. Like, he's able to practice with us this week because of – I don't even know exactly what the rule is, but because of what he was able to he, – what he's been able to get done in school already and then what he was able to get done with the admissions process and everything here, he's cleared and good to go. So he actually practiced with us yesterday and practiced with us today, which tells you everything you need to know about the guy. Like, most kids would be at home, like – celebrating signing day and, and having parties and all that. He wanted to come up here and practice. So he's, uh, he's awesome. All right, that's some of what uh, Shane Beamer had to say at USC today. All of it is on our website at sportstalksc.com. Chris, we'll let you get some final words in here before we go to SC Wild. I just wanted to wish our listeners and Pat Merry Christmas and uh, Phil to you and your family Happy Hanukkah because I am out the next two nights and what? next time I chat with you guys I'll be in Birmingham getting ready for uh-huh. Coastal in East Carolina. Well, I wish you a Merry Christmas and thank you, sir. Very warm Long Johns for your trip to. <laughs> I'm buying suntan lotion for Fort Lauderdale yes. and. You get Long John's for Birmingham. (laughs) Thank you, my man. Happy holidays to you and your family. Thanks, guys. In particular, Finn. SC Wild coming up. Point weather. 
Now on Sports Talk, it's SC Wild with Major Billy Downer of the Department of Natural Resources. Major Downer is here to take your questions about the great outdoors in South Carolina. Give him a call at 888-898-2525. It's SC Wild from DNR on the Sports Talk Radio Network. Always a pleasure this time of the year. It's always a pleasure to have the Major Billy Downer with us any time of the year, but especially our last show going into Christmas and into the holidays because, as we like to call him, he is, he is Santa Downer. That's kind of a conflict in words, Santa being an upper and downer, a Santa Downer. But that means he's bringing some great ideas for those of you still looking for that hard-to-find gift to make the outdoors person in your family, very happy this holiday season, this holiday weekend. Major, good evening. How are you, sir? Doing good. Glad to be with you on this special Christmas edition of SC Wild. So, uh, yes, tonight we'll do some, uh, we'll go through some of the top 10 gifts for Christmas. Um, Not a whole lot of difference from years past, but there are some special things this year that we'll go through and just kind of highlight that uh, kind of the uh, up-to-date, here's the big deal right now. So, mm-hmm. uh, But anyway, and we'll start off tonight, just a little reminder, you know, waterfowl season's back in uh, here in our state. So ducks, uh, duck season starting. We've got, you know, finally got some cold weather again. Holy cow, it's so hot for the last two weeks. we got some cold weather, a lot of rain. So um, it's been raining across the state when it doesn't seem to want to stop. But rain will fill up some backwater areas, uh, hopefully let, allow some wood ducks to kind of sneak in there and give some folks some, uh, some good shooting opportunity uh, over the Christmas break. Our waterfowl, uh, I know I got a report from the coast that green-winged teal have showed up in great numbers. Um, you know, I've, you've heard me say this over and over again, Phil, about how much work our folks on our coastal areas and all of our WMAs, all of our, our wildlife staff, how hard they work to prepare for this time of year. And so often they're the ones that catch the blame if somebody goes and has a bad duck hunt. Uh, but um, teal have showed up. I heard Bear Island is covered up right now in teal. Uh, so if anybody is, is getting drawn for a Bear Island hunt, uh, looks like you're going to be in good shape with some teal. Um, I know people sometimes get a little fussy about that little small bird, but it's one of the most um, enjoyable birds to eat probably as far as, far as table fare that there is. Um, nothing like a bacon-wrapped uh, teal. But anyway, hmm. we'll go uh, up a part of the coast, up the, the uh, Santee Coastal Reserve. They're still holding a fair number of birds. A lot of gadwall there. Uh, blue-winged and green-winged teal again. Uh, are the top birds in the bag. So uh, it looks good for the next week here with the cold weather moving in. Um, hopefully we might get a push of birds with this weather. Uh, the weather forecast, it should be nice. Um, but that's kind of where we are on waterfowl season. Uh, remember in this late part of the season when you talk about bluebills, uh, our limit changes. And that's one of the things that catches folks. It was two, now it turns to one in the latter part of the season. So please do remember that particularly if you're going on some of these waterfowl um, impoundments where ringnecks are prevalent. A lot of times bluebills will sneak in there with them, scalp, lesser scalp will move in there with them, 
Um, you just got to be careful, when, particularly with hens, um, that you uh, are very selective in what you're shooting because uh, a ringneck hen and a bluebill hen sometimes will look alike to the average eye. A more discerning waterfowl hunter knows the difference. That the scoff's got a little bit of a white speckle across the top of the back, um, and they got a white sheet patch where the ringneck has the ring on the bill. Uh, so uh, that's the kind of telltale sign. That we just folks just remember that later part of the season, the bluebill limit reduces to one. So by one. So anyway, um, just some things to keep note of. Um, but talking about Christmas, I was out with my neighbor Christmas shopping today uh, for some of the items that we may even talk about today on the show. So um, I'm going to start off, you know, and and not that we've got in any certain order, particularly a top 10, but I'm going to give you 10 great items uh, that continue to be um, uh, great picks. And right now, you know, we've always talked about boots. Every year I talk about a good pair of boots. But there's a particular type of boot uh, now, Phil, that is um, is kind of uh, leading the pack, so to speak, uh, and extra tough. And the hook boots are kind of leading that. And they're a pull-on boot. They're basically an ankle boot. It's kind of a new thing now, but the... Uh, extra tough and the hook boots, you can get them anywhere from around 89 to 90 uh, to $100, depending on what style you get. Um, these ankle boots are really, really nice. Uh, I got both my daughter-in-law and my son, my son a pair last year. Uh, my son's about worn his out. He wears them all the time. I will tell you, if you're looking, that they were made for uh, the hook boots, HUK, uh, were made for uh, fishing, and they're designed around a boat. You can use them in the yard. You can do a lot of different things with them. And the bottom of those boots, very good for uh, ripping in a boat. Mm-hmm. They're made for that. Uh, extra tough. Uh, comes in a variety of colors, gray, brown. They have camouflage now. They got mossy oak. Um, they've got some, what they call a, a kind of a, uh, a fishing camouflage in both the extra tough and the hook, but those are great items. It's something sometimes somebody that might not buy from themselves. I love those kind of gifts uh, in the $80 to $100 range. A great gift idea, probably leading um, a gift right now. Uh, so I would definitely suggest that as we approach the last few final shopping days of Christmas, if you will. Um, but that's a great, uh, a great piece of, of, uh, of gear to buy. You know, game cameras, we talk about game cameras. I've done that the last couple of years. Now, more than ever, um, game cameras have dropped, particular cell cameras. Browning's got some. You can go to the Browning uh, online and look for Browning um, Defender, Defender Ridgeline series is a really good camera. They've got some deals that include the camera, the batteries for the camera, and a uh, SD card, all for about $120 great purchase item there and this is a cell camera that will send pictures directly to your phone um, and it is it is a uh, infrared on the flash so a lot less spooky to deer but um, the Defender Ridgeline if you haven't seen that go online look up Defender Ridgeline uh, Browning Direct you can buy that there's some great deals out there on those uh, but it, they, the prices have dropped 
Uh, when you buy a game camera, the person you buy it for can pick out the plan that they want to um, pay for. Some of those plans are $10, uh, but the, you know, there's an unlimited plan for $17.99 anyway. A lot of options there. But that game camera, uh, particularly that Browning, is a great one um, at $119, including the batteries. <laughs> it takes 16 AA's. Uh, just kind of like kids at Christmas, the batteries are the worst part. But uh, 16 AA's, and then it takes a, a pretty good-sized gigabyte uh, SD card, a 32-gigabyte card, and it comes with all that. So a great gift item there again. Um, today, I was out with my friend. We were looking at uh, different items for Christmas as far as his son was wanting to put a scope um, on top of a AR platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are, are, are great gift items as well. The, uh, the scopes, red dot scopes. Um, I was at Palmetto Sport, uh, State Armory today. They've got a great selection. Um, you know, they've got stores up and down the state, uh, uh, from Greenville to Charleston to Columbia. And they had some really good, um, some really good buys on some of those red dot scopes as low as $109. Um, some, uh, so, for as far as a red dot, that's a really good price on one, and they're quick connects, and they even have what they called a um, Romeo and Juliet version, where you could put the the red dot and then put a magnifier in front of that. A lot of different um, uh, styles of those out there. Those can get fairly expensive. You can get in the four hundred dollar range really quickly, but they have some less expensive red dots uh, for the top of uh, of a. Um, AR type platform or M4 uh, platform anyway, and those are they're so common now. It sounds funny to be talking about an M4 platform on a hunting show, but those are so common now. Um, it, it's just a style right. It basically is a style autom- a semi-automatic rifle. It's no different than uh, the rifle I shoot a deer with. It just looks different, uh, and that's kind of a kind of that's kind of become a, a thing with folks. But uh, don't particularly care for them as much. But that uh, that. Uh, Red dot scope is nice, and people use those for uh, predator hunting, like for coyote hunting. So it's very good for that. A two-two-three round, five-five-six is a great round for coyotes, and you can do a lot of fun things with that rifle to make it fun and, and put a uh, a set of shooting sticks on it and everything, tripod. It makes it fun for shooting uh, coyotes, which again you can shoot year-round. So it's kind of a nice thing when deer season goes out. Mm-hmm. Um, but those three things there are great items um, going along right now. Talking about deer season for a minute, we'll take a break just for a second. Talk about deer. Uh, deer season, you know, it got hot. Deer stopped eating corn. A lot of folks had corn piles that weren't getting a lot of pictures of deer. Um, with this colder weather, deer started getting a little more active. Remember, late season deer hunting can be challenging, particularly as deer begin to get more nocturnal, and the activity from hunting pressure will force them to come out after dark or right before dark. So um, something to keep in mind, remember, you can still take a nice deer late in the season. It just takes sticking with it. Uh, I recommend folks always, you know, if you're if you're putting corn piles out and you're feeding, make sure you continue to feed. Don't stop. Because if your neighbor keeps feeding and you stop, the deer are going to go that way. But as we talk about that, as deer get more nocturnal, looking for a nice um, scope is a great option. Again, they can get fairly expensive, so I don't like to include that in the top ten list because it's so specific and so expensive. But as we were talking about uh, those little uh, red dots, uh, it's just worth mentioning. Uh, so, you know, anytime we talk about optics, always got to talk about binoculars. 
a good set of binoculars, always a great gift item. Again, you can go as far as you want to with that, up to $1,000 or more on a really good, good set of optics from Zeiss, um, Swarovski. Uh, but you can really get some, uh, some basic Nikon Pro Staff, um, your Vortex Crossfire, uh, Cabela's brand has some good ones in the 139 to $150 range, um, 10 by 40s or 8 by 42 pair. Uh, great little pair, get some, get some good optics there, small enough that you can put in your pocket and not so bulky when you go hunting. So a good pair of binoculars is, uh, is a must for sure. So that around us at, at four there for a minute. Uh, number five on my list, just continuing down that line. We talk about every year, but coats, camouflage mm. clothing coats mm-hmm. are always great. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually bought some camouflage today. There's so many varieties for South Carolina, particularly a lot, you know, old school camouflage is back. You'll see a lot of the old school. And, and old school, when we say old school, Phil, we're talking about the camouflage when you were in high school, you know, 50, 60 years ago. You mean ancient school. Right. <laughs> the ancient school, yeah. Ancient the school. The 60s and 70s. Yeah. The old camouflage your granddad had, yeah. Yeah. That almost World War II style camouflage. Um, the, uh, the war, the end all wars camouflage. So <laughs> that's kind of come back. A lot of these companies, local boy, uh, uh, local boy outfitters in, in Columbia, they've got a little storefront there. They've got an online store. They've got some great um, old school camouflage, lightweight fishing style shirts. They've got the long sleeve for South Carolina weather. The long sleeve um, breathable shirts are great in that fishing material, kind of your Under Armour but loose fit material. Those are great. Uh, you can find those at a lot of the different hardware stores. Uh, you know, Sportsman's Warehouse, Time Out of State Army, all across the board. Um, Dicks, you'll find them everywhere. Uh, a great item, and you can find camouflage clothes from. Twenty to thirty dollars on up to a hundred dollars, you know, two hundred dollars for a good jacket. Uh, but there's some great items out there, and you know, one of the things I like, you know, that, that people sometimes forget about when you're talking about a camouflage coat. It doesn't have to be the big end-all coat you take out when it's twenty degrees. It can be a very nice old-school camouflage um, vest, and folks love those because you can put that on. It gives you just enough warmth with some long sleeves. And it's kind of stylish. Um, and there's so many brands. Local Boys got some. You've got Drake. It's still a good brand out there. And you can buy those from anywhere from 60 to $90. Uh, so those are some good brands out there that you can buy at your local stores as well. Uh, so that camouflage uh, uh, or vest, I, I love that as an option. Of course, you can do anything clothes, clothing-wise you want there. But those top five there for me are always – uh, one of those things that just comes around again and again when you look at that stuff, uh, looking for things that you forget about, um, there's that. Then we go back to deer hunting for a minute. One of the things, if you talk about deer, deer hunting long enough, you start getting into long-distance shooting. People want a good rangefinder. Good rangefinder is, is still a great option. It's something that most hunters won't buy for themselves, but if you buy one for someone, they're going to take in the deer stand. They're going to use it constantly to see how far different places are, how far that tree is, how far is that deer. And it's things that we used to associate with just bow hunting, archery uh, hunting, so you could know kind of how far your, what your distance was to see if the deer was too far for you to shoot with a bow. But now it's more about with the optics that are out there and the way a lot of these scopes 
have the ability with a ballistic turret on top where you can find the range and set the range of the turret pre before the hunt and it makes it really easy. Um, so a range finder, those that run again, you know, a basic good range finder is a hundred to hundred and fifty dollars. Those are typical. Um, you want one that's going to range out to four or five hundred yards at least. Uh, you don't want you get a real cheap one. They're not going to you hit that three four hundred yard range. They're going to kind of have a hard time uh, finding that target. So you want one with good glass and got a good laser uh, that will actually pick up targets that are small. Particularly if you're, you're using it for coyotes, uh, something smaller at a three hundred yard range, you're going to want something that can grab that. You can put on that target, push the button, and the laser is going to hit it. And that's what the key is: is the laser hitting it and coming back, reflecting back to you, and it tells that range from that. So a range finder is a great item. At number six, there's a good item to think about as well. Um, you know, I, I go through this a lot with folks, and, and you, you get into these. You know, a good hunting knife. Everybody has knives, but you can never have enough. It's just one of those things. You see a cool knife, you want it, you'll buy it. Um, we were at a Christmas party about two weeks ago, and there was this really cool knife that I just had to have. Hmm. Uh, it was $40. The guy makes them, hand makes them, made out of a railroad spike. I bet Heats you that's tougher than nails. <laughs> it's tougher than nails. Heats it up. You know, it melts it down, bangs it out, makes a nice blade, oh, wow. um, sharpens it up, and then twists the end in kind of a corkscrew, so it gives it a little bit of an um, artsy approach to it. But you can find those knives from 40 to $100 that are custom-made uh, out of steel like that, out of an old railroad tie. And um, a guy in Myrtle Beach does those, and I wish I had his contact. But a uh, great knife item. You can find those out there. But those are things you, you just you can't go buy in the store. But if you know a knife maker, they're great items to buy. That, that just everybody's got to have a new knife. Um, I mean, you know, an old folding butt knife still a good knife. Uh, Outdoor Edge has got so many varieties of knives. You can go online or you can go to your local store. Because we're, we're kind of at the point now, this is where you get tough. When you get down to, let's see, it's the 21st. We got really... What, three shopping days left? Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Yep. Yeah, three shopping days left. Don't have enough time because if you do Amazon and try to get next day shipping, it ain't going to make it. I don't care if they tell you it's going to be next day. It's taking two, three days, and that's kind of troublesome if you're trying to get a gift for Sunday. So some of these items I'm giving you will be things you can go to Sportsman's Warehouse for and find them there. Um, or you can go to a Dix, or you can go to a Palmetto State Armory. Um, a lot of these different hardware stores, uh, you're in Florence, Schofield, up toward uh, uh, Rock Hill. You can go to Nichols, uh, or in Sumter areas, Simpson Hardware, Manning Simpson Hardware, all great places to buy a good hunting knife. Um, and you just can't go wrong with that. And, and that's around what number seven there. So we got three more to, three more to go. Mm. Um, one of the things I'm going to put in there always is a good flashlight. Mm-hmm. Uh, a good stream light is a must. I say that every year. You can buy the $99 one that charges up in the truck. Your uh, hunter will thank you for that. Girl or boy, they're going to love that, that flashlight. Or you can get a handheld that just uses a simple battery, a pin battery, a pin light battery, or either a, a AAA or AA. And those are great little uh, LED lights that are really bright, uh, really easy. 
Now they make one. It's a charging. It's a chargeable one. I love that little mini stream light. You can buy those for around forty bucks. Great little stocking stuffer item that gives you enough light. You can stick it on your hat. Um, it's just a great item uh, for the hunter uh, at any point in time. So number eight, there's two more to go. You know, nine and ten. Yeah, we laugh about this, uh, but um, a good pair of socks. <laughs> you know, there's you laugh about socks, but there's some good socks out there now. That wool sock, that uh, and I can't remember the style of wool. There's a wool sock out there now um, that you can buy that it sheds water really quickly, dries quickly, mm-hmm. um, and it's a good item that you can buy for twenty bucks. Um, and I'm actually going to Google that right now to kind of remember that one. But I want to say it's Merino. That's it. The Merino wool is a great sock. It's like they're like twenty dollars. You can find those all over the place. Smorton's Warehouse, uh, a variety of places have those Merino wool. Uh, they're just really good, and they they dry quicker quickly. Uh, a good pair of socks is good. You know, along with socks, I'm going to throw this in there. A good pair of long underwear. We mm-hmm. don't use it that much in South Carolina. But when you need it, it's nice. Uh, and you get something like that, it, it's nice to have when you need it. It's one of those things you might not go out and buy, but if you have it, you're like, oh, this is great. And you don't have to get the old kind. You remember the kind when you were growing up, Phil, that you went skiing, you had those old, you pulled them on, they kind of were hard and rough on your skin. They gave you, they kind of took your skin off. They have them in soft, uh, real soft, pliable material now. It's a lot better. Uh, a little polyester in there, it's a little easier to take. And keeps you just as warm. Um, so that goes along with the socks, too, you know, as far as uh, items there. And then kind of rounding out for the last bit of this uh, on there, one of the things today as we're looking at, and I don't want to throw out things and forget about your great your fishermen out there, but sometimes some great lures or something you can pack somebody's fishing case, tackle box with. Um, if they're a coastal fisherman, getting, you know, some of those uh, lures like, um, uh, the shrimp, uh, uh, the ones you can use the popping cork, uh, your Cajun, uh, the Cajun, uh, the popping cork is a great item. Folks like to have in their, in their stocking. Um, and your shrimp, um, those are the DOA shrimp. They call them DOA shrimp, and that's a great little um, rig. You can buy them complete with the popping cork and all, or you can buy just the shrimp with the hooks in them, and it's, it's a basically like a worm, but it looks like shrimp. Mm-hmm. And they're great for, uh, particularly on the coast, for fishing for speckled trout, uh, so uh, sea trout. So um, great item there. Any of those lures you want to buy, if you've got a guy that likes to shoot, the, or a girl that likes to fish in, you know, on lakes, ponds, whatever, you know, getting some good worms, different worms are out there, new hooks, damakatsu, whatever. Those are great stocking stuffers as well for those fishermen. And an easy, cheap buy, four or five, six dollars a piece for a box of those. So that's really easy. How to fill up a nice, a nice um, stocking full of things for an outdoorsman. Uh, and you know, you can always go with a rod or a reel. If you start getting reels, you start getting personal. And reels can be a real personal buy for folks. Um, I think about reels. I think about going down to, to Charleston to, to some of the stores there uh, that have the. Uh, the tackle, particularly for the salt water, that work real well. And there's uh, toadfish is out there, and they have a great new little reel and rod, uh, rod and reel combo. And one last piece, I, I kind of left them out, 
But if your outdoorsman loves oysters, Toadfish is a brand that's local in South Carolina uh, that makes a great oyster knife set, um, stainless with a nice handle. They make a nice shrimp peeler. Um, they make some really cool stuff, a real nice fillet knife, a real nice, um, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the other thing. The, uh, they got some, uh, a towel that's just real good for cleaning. Uh, they got a little set for oyster knives. They got an oyster knife set that comes with the oyster knives and a towel that you can clean off. It's a toadfish. Great little buy there. But that'll round us out for the night. I know we're, we're down to a few seconds left. But uh, Merry Christmas to all our outdoorsmen out there, Phil. And uh, we'll see you after the new year. Thank you, Major. Merry Christmas to you. We'll see you on the 4th of January. That'll do it. S.C. Wild from DNR and Sports Talk. Thank you, Pat. We'll see you tomorrow.